safetyfm.com with Jay Allen. Changing safety cultures one broadcast and one podcast at a time. Welcome to Safety FM where we talk about safety that's truly inspired by you. Hello and welcome to Safety FM. This episode of the broadcast and the podcast has been brought to you by Safety Focus Moment. They're consultants that want to help you get to the safety culture that you've been looking for. For more information, go to safetyfocusmoment.com. Hello and welcome to Safety FM. This is Jay Allen. Well, this week, if you're in the United States, you'll be enjoying Thanksgiving on Thursday. And I know today is Tuesday as we normally release the podcast. On today's podcast, we have James Frederick. He works within the Health and Safety Environment Department for the United Steelworkers Union. Enjoy our conversation with Jim Frederick here on Safety FM. Safety FM. Changing safety cultures. One broadcast and one podcast at a time. Well, hello and welcome to Safety FM. I have James Frederick on the line. How are you doing today? I'm well, thanks. James, I had the opportunity of actually meeting you at a conference slash workshop putting on in Atlanta, and you gave a speech during that particular workshop, and it really kind of intrigued me in regards of how the United Steel Workers tie in everything in regards of safety, and I wanted to have you come on and kind of just tell us how your path has started, and how did you get involved in safety, and how did you make it all the way to the United Steel Workers? Okay, sure. Um, so, so I've been at the Steelworkers Union for just around 25 years and have uh, been in the health safety environment department with the union during that time period. I actually came to the steelworkers uh, with with a merger of two unions, the United Rubber Workers merged with the United Steelworkers and I was the health and safety person at the Rubber Workers. Um, prior to that, I worked with one other union um, and when I came out of school with a uh, degree in health and safety, I was interested in the worker perspective of health and safety and found my way into this work. And the path of the pro- most recent 25 years here at the Steelworkers has been uh, one that's really quite interesting. It's uh, very broad and diverse. And uh, if, if there's any time that there's some downtime, I just need to wait a few minutes for the next email to pop in or the next phone call of something that needs our attention and help. So when you start getting involved inside of safety, once you actually graduate, when you started coming out, do you start looking at it from the mentality of using behavior-based safety, or do you kind of already have like the book mentality of safety, or what are you using when you first come out? Well, that's been a while back, but um, <laughs> I certainly was, was not someone that was um, um, a proponent of, of the broad family of the behavior-based safety um, genre or arena. Um, I, I had always had the uh, uh, kind of fundamentals built in with me that said uh, that injuries are caused by exposure to hazards and the best way to fix hazards is to follow the hierarchy of controls and, and address those hazards. Um, in order to address those hazards, um, I, th- I have always taken the perspective that, that the best way to, to find hazards is to talk to workers that are working around them and that, that workers understand um, better than any of us uh, what, what the unsafe conditions that they're working around um, and with. 
and the changing nature of those conditions are and that uh, you know through talking with them and most importantly listening to them we can get to a much better um, perspective to manage health and safety. So when you're coming from a union environment and you start having these conversations with, let's say, for instance, a client or somebody that you're actually doing business with, and you don't be, you're not able to see eye to eye with your format of safety to what they believe from their company standpoint, how do you normally get that to work out? Yeah, so sure. Um, so, so for us, you know, our I guess clientele, as you said, our our clientele is really our members, the the members of the steelworkers union who you know go to work in their workplace, and and our members of the union, we have a a collective bargaining agreement, a contract with their employer uh, to provide the work at that workplace and and do whatever they're doing. For the steelworkers union, we represent workers in a broad array of of industries and workplaces, from obviously many manufacturing steel and other metals to uh, workers in uh, paper sector to workers in the oil refining sector uh, to rubber workers, as I mentioned earlier, um, and a whole host of other industries that we represent workers in outside of the manufacturing arena. We also represent workers um, in things like healthcare and and other public sector workplaces um, that are, are equally and kind of vitally important. So so our our primary constituency is our members. Uh, you know, they 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 come to work, they work um, within the construct of the collective bargaining agreement and pay dues to the organization that funds the work we do. And so our department here at the International Union works on behalf of, of them and their local union to try to help them. When we are working with our local union and their employer, um, that is where we would sometimes run into a situation where we can't quite see eye to eye or agree on on a situation. And, and we try to fall back on, on a couple things. First is is to rely upon the, the facts and the reality of the situation and to, to demonstrate what our concerns are and why they need to be addressed. And, and secondly, we also rely upon our members to make certain that, that they are conveying their concerns to their coworkers, to their direct supervision, and to other management at the facility in an effort of improving health and safety in that workplace. So if I'm somebody who is actually interested in joining the union and wanted to understand what exactly are the benefits, what exactly do you normally discuss with them? Well, sure. So, 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 for a manufacturing union, we recognize we identify workers in a workplace, and um, an organizing campaign would take place. Um, that that involves kind of a, a separate group from us in health and safety, but but we sometimes are involved if health, if health and safety issues are a concern or or a priority to them. Um, an organizing campaign will go will take place and it will eventually result in in typically in a vote that's um, um, held by the National Labor Relations Board and if the result of that vote is is 50% plus one would like a union in that workplace it it, it takes the next step into becoming a, a unionized facility um, the the next step in that process is for the union and the employer to sit down and negotiate a first contract and and in the contract is where um, much of the, the kind of you referred to as benefits occur and so things things like um, um, retirement pay other benefits health care um, um, 
dental eye insurance are often something that is included in, a, in an agreement in a workplace that may or may not have had that prior. Um, but, but also, you know, some other important things, health and safety being one of them, and, and having a union in a workplace provides a voice to those workers to uh, have a say in what is going on in health and safety. Um, that's not to say that employers without a union in their workplace don't talk to their workers about health and safety, but but it's to, to provide more of a, 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 a firm format of how health and safety operates from the workforce and their concerns through their representatives, through the union, to the employer. And, and that communication then going back and, and looping back and completing the circle. Um, we we certainly find that, that our members in workplaces that have an effective and um, well-functioning health and safety um, committee in their workplace um, are able to make significant improvements uh, around health and safety matters and issues in those workplaces to, to improve the process, engage with the employer, and hopefully have a positive outcome at the end of that process or as that process goes on and on and on. So then out of curiosity, and being as we were at the, the same workshop, how did you become aware of human organizational performance? Oh, great question. Um, I'll have to, to, to rely upon some brain cells that are way back in the back of my head to remember exactly when, but, but you know, five, six years ago, or actually probably let's step back one step further. Um, we started looking into some of the work that was being done around high reliability organizations, um, as well as some of the work being done with human performance as it interacted with with worker health and safety um, a decade ago and longer. Um, we we host, um, every 18 months, we host a, a health and safety conference. It's open to all of our local unions across North America and their employers. It's a labor management conference. And we included um, discussions in workshops on both of those topics years ago, again, probably a decade or more ago. Um, from, from kind of those perspectives out there in the world and, and from some other influences, um, I believe that, that the, the human organizational performance arena uh, really came about, you know, sometime since then. And we, you know, we particularly, I guess, uh, in the department, several of us um, started reading some of the, the works of, of people like Sidney Decker, like Todd Conklin, um, um, and others over the years to, to better understand um, what some folks were out in the world um, doing in this arena. One of the areas that, that we truly uh, were, were initially um, intrigued with was was kind of the rejection of of the blame the worker mentality that we see in many workplaces where we represent uh where where there's a the blame and shame and retrain philosophy associated with injuries that take place in that workplace um and and what we see from that is is truly the um the result being that people stop talking people stop communicating their concerns, stop talking about those hazards that we talked about a few minutes ago. If, if you know, if the premise is true that the best way to find uh, out about the unsafe conditions and the hazards in the workplace is to talk to the workers, when they stop talking, we're never going to find out about them. And, and health and safety is a tough, a tough um, 
a tough road. Um, managing health and safety in any given workplace is difficult, challenging, and and that's when we know about the unsafe conditions and the hazards. It's a tough road to go through for those things we know about. But when we don't know about an unsafe condition or a hazard as a result of folks stop talking about them, um, then we'll never have them properly addressed in the workplace. And and those uncorrected hazards are just uh, laying out there in wait to injure their next person. So as you go with this forward thinking mentality in regards of what you want to change, and you said there was a few of you that had read these different books before you started incorporating or really taking a deep dive inside of it. How does this actually affect, I guess, really the union when you come back and you go, this is what we want to move forward with. How are you able to kind of change the mentality overall amongst the whole group? Yeah, so, so I think I think it's very fair to say that, um, one, it's a, for us, this is a, for the Steelworkers Union, this is a work in progress. This is certainly not something that, that we've... Uh, completed or accomplished, I think we're really at, at kind of the beginning stages of of exploring the integration of some of some or all of the concepts of human organizational performance or new view of safety into uh, the work that we've done for a very long time. But that is important to kind of juxtapose against the fact that, that a number of the elements of that thinking of the new view thinking are things that we have been doing already for a very long time. So just just as a couple of examples, um, um, learning from normal work is, is a concept associated with with these views um, of going out and like we've been talking here through this conversation, talking to workers about their work, understanding what uh, the work is performed really looks like to to know where and when the unsafe conditions and hazards are going to have the potential to affect the work and the workers. Um, again, that's been something we've been doing for decades and decades is, is relying upon our members in the workplaces to talk to us and talk to their local union safety and health committee members and talk to the employer safety and health representatives and their supervisors and whomever else um, about what they recognize as being an unsafe condition or a a hazard in their workplace. Um, We also have for many, many years, kind of before this, you know, infamous uh, black line, blue line chart of, of work as imagined versus work as performed was in place. I think we at the union recognized that that interface where that hazard and the work as performed came into contact and an injury or an event occurred, um, we've recognized that forever as being an issue that has to be addressed. Um, we often, after that, uh, saw that workers sometimes, many times, uh, would be disciplined for not following the procedure, the black line. Um, but you know what we now know is this is very normal and going on all of the time. So, so through that, we would see safety-related discipline. And, and again, typically that was happening or is happening today after an event, after an injury, after something has triggered the attention to that. A lot of focus comes into play of of that interaction of the work is performed after that event. And and one of the things that has happened for decades is the union typically responds to the the negative uh, disciplinary action or whatever uh, with with by filing a grievance on behalf of that person that is the uh, the victim of that 
discipline to make certain that we're properly representing them to explain that this is the work that was done over and over again and this time unfortunately this event occurred we certainly don't want to see the injuries we certainly don't want to see the unwanted events um, but we do want to better understand the work is performed and make sure it can be done um, in in boundaries of what is uh, not going to cause the event to happen. And when you start talking about safeguards, of course, it's something's going to occur, but you have it already planned out on it's supposed to occur inside of here. This is, but on the rare occasion, you might have something that falls out of the ordinary. And that makes sense. But when you start having the conversations with people and you go, hey, this is a philosophy and it's really not a program, what are some of the pushbacks that you get? Yeah, so I, I think that's again a great question. I think one of the one of the challenges that that we face in workplace after workplace um, is, is the fact that the safety and health program of the month or the week or the quarter has been such a trend over the last number of years or, or decade that that everyone at the workplace, uh, management, the union members, um, and anyone else there has a hard time recognizing that this is a, a, a change in the way we're looking at everything versus just just the next three ring binder to be brought into the safety manager's office and be put up on the shelf. And that if you wait a few months, that three ring binder will become recycling material as well as the last one did. Um, and so so we've been trying to convey and communicate um, with with primarily starting with uh, the union safety and health activists who are generally speaking, they're also the, the union health and safety committee members um, about this and to try to understand how we have done much of what we're talking about across the, the trade union movement in health and safety forever. And that we were trying to, to work with our employers to, to see a better outcome of the implementation of this change in philosophy. And I, I think you've also hit it spot on of of the balance of including and recognizing that we have to have the right controls in place so that when something does go awry, um, those controls are there. Um, and, you know, but that balance has to have on the other side of it, um, the prevention measures. So we need to make sure that both are happening, uh, both prevention and control, because either side of that's not adequate and certainly isn't changing the outcome of, of what we see going on in, in serious injuries and fatalities um, across our organization and what's hitting our members or on a wider perspective, what's going on uh, across uh, this country, North America, or around the world. And so when your safety committee members come back to you and talk about some of the, the findings that they have and some of the discussions they have, what are they saying are the popular items and pushbacks that they're getting when they're trying to implement this new, I guess, change of mind and this new concept of safety? Yeah, so 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 one of the a couple of the things that our our, our folks run into challenges with, um, um, I, I like to put this into kind of um, two two buckets of, of types of hazards and unsafe conditions and concerns that our members bring to us. Um, the first is, is you know, I term as the kind of the traditional safety and health hazards, um, um, an unguarded piece of equipment, um, working from heights and needing better fall protection in place. 
some of those traditional hazards. The, the other bucket being work organization issues and how, how work is organized in that workplace to get done um, in in the construct of what's going on in, in the economy and our society of having fewer people to do the work that we that we did used to have a, a larger crew of, of having because of retirements or folks leaving the workplace um, an influx of inexperienced younger people that are doing the work that don't have the institutional knowledge that those who left did um, and those kind of those work organization issues in that other bucket again those those two things are, are of importance and and we hear from our members that come back uh, uh, from their health and safety committee roles um, concerns on both sides of that of both of those buckets of 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 the challenges to to make certain the day-to-day health and safety traditional health and safety hazards are addressed but also the importance of of recognizing those work organizations work organization issues as as they are health and safety hazards in and of themselves but they're also really magnify some of the traditional health and safety hazards so as we speak today do you see where you're trying to incorporate this program, or let's say not program, let me rephrase that, as we're trying to actually implement this inside of the, your organization, do you see a lot more activity in reporting on what we would call traditional reporting? So let's say, for instance, accident reports, near-miss reporting, or things along those lines, or do you see that it kind of has stayed the same as this transformation is taking place? Um, so, so one thing I probably should have should have said when we were talking about kind of the overview of the organization itself. So, so we represent workers at the Steelworkers Union. We have about um, uh, seven hundred thousand members, and they work in roughly twenty five hundred workplaces across North America. So, we've got a pretty broad array of of both not only industries, like I mentioned earlier, but but just different size of workplaces, different employers, and a lot of variables to make make what is happening with our members and our health and safety committees at the facility level in our local unions um, very kind of brought in both brought into verse in in what they're seeing so so I think it's been very much of a mixed bag of the results of, of what folks have been seeing thus far um, we we following our the Union health and safety environment conference that was held earlier this year, um, we have had some very positive feedback of of workplaces trying to implement some of some parts or all of this philosophy when they've gotten back to work and really moving away from uh, the blame shame and retrain philosophy and trying to do much more um, in the capacity of learning about health and safety and understanding what what workers are doing on a normal basis and what had transpired when something went awry and event occurred. Now, James, if the listeners want to know more about you or about the United Steel Workers Union, where would they need to go? So I, th- I think the best place is to the Steelworkers uh, Union website. It's usw.org. And, and from there, um, the health and safety um department webpage has has some information about what we do and some of the uh, investigations we've performed on serious injuries and fatalities are highlighted there with some of the learnings that we've had and also a a means to contact us from there is is pretty easy from that spot well james i really do appreciate your time on being on safety fm here today all right thank you jay
The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of the host and its guest and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the company. Examples of analysis discussed within this podcast are only examples. They should not be utilized in the real world as the only solution available as they are based only on very limited and dated open source information. Assumptions made within this analysis are not reflective of the position of the company. No part of this podcast may be reproduced, stored in a retrieval system, or transmitted in any form or by any means, mechanical, electronic, recording, or otherwise, without prior written permission of the creator of the podcast, Jay Allen. Join the fun, Join the fun on social media and find us on Facebook at Safety FM.